It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with Kevin LaRosa. And if you don't know that name, you should. He is all the talk, or at least his work is all the talk of the country, of the world right now. You're talking about Top Gun Maverick and all of the plane work there. You could thank this guy for choreographing or whatever you'd like to call it. Just an amazing job that he has done. And everyone's talking about you, Kevin. How are you? Great. I'm doing great today. I just couldn't be more excited about what this movie is doing worldwide. And I know I speak on behalf of all the crew members. We are just loving this. Yeah, I can't imagine that you had any higher expectations than this. There are no higher expectations to the success of this movie. I imagine some people, you know, in and around the film were like, boy, I hope we kind of reach this. What was your anticipation compared to what the reality is now? What was your thought going into this? Did you know it was going to be a hit? Well, we all hoped it would be. Um, I can remember very early on in pre-production, Tom Cruise gave an incredible speech to the crew that really set the tone for how we wanted to make this movie. Uh, and a true testament to his character. But what he had told us was, hey, we're at a disadvantage here. We're making a sequel to an iconic and historic movie. And what he said was, we needed to obtain a level of cinematic perfection that had never been obtained before. And we were going to go to great lengths and learn from our mistakes and redo things that needed to be redone and push the limits of creativity and the technology boundaries in order to create that final product. And I love that we did that, but it was that beginning speech which resonated with me throughout the movie and motivated me. What did you do on opening day? Did you have any special, I don't know, ritual or maybe the start of a ritual here? <laughs> did you sneak into a theater and kind of watch reactions? Did you have a big party with friends? What was your opening day like for you? Frank, I think I did all of those things. I mean, I got to join the cast on the red carpet down in San Diego when we launched the movie. That was very special. Uh, I rented out a theater for my friends and family uh, so that we could watch the movie together. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Literally last night, I bought a ticket to an IMAX theater, and I hopped in with just total strangers, more so to just sit there and watch the audience's reaction. I saw growing men crying. I saw popcorn being spilled. I saw laughter and cheering and clapping at the end of the movie, and that gave me chills. That was very, very cool to see. How about the first movie? I mean, people were blown away back then. I mean, this is, you know, going way back to the 80s. They were blown away by the sequences there. Let's just face it. I mean, it's night and day to that, and that's no slight at what happened in the original Top Gun. From a layperson's standpoint, from someone who doesn't understand the technology, this is a whole different world, I imagine, that we're dealing with as far as aircrafts go, as far as everything that would be involved in the flight technology. Am I right or wrong? This is just a different world. Well, you are 100% right that this is a different world. It's a different world in that we have technology 30 years down the line that's giving us this amazing clarity, the best visuals and sound possible. Uh, we have aircraft that we didn't have on the first Top Gun. I had hand-in-hand -in, -hand in, in kind of creating something I call the Cinejet, which is a little fighter trainer that flies the latest state-of-the-art camera gimbal. And then we were able to put the best camera lens combo in there. And every time we watch the movie, when you see those afterburners right in your face or you see the canyon ripping by and the F-18s in the canyon, that's me flying a jet next to those other aircraft with this amazing technology. That didn't exist before. 
So, you know, it, you're absolutely right. This is a movie that needed this technology, and most incredibly is the story, right? We, we're telling this amazing story that was worth being told 30 years down the line. Did you have any nervous moments in shooting? You know, did anybody get too close to something? Did anything go not as expected? Uh, not necessarily. No, I, I got it. It's a testament to our United States Naval aviators. We had incredible pilots on this movie. Uh, what they could do with precision with those F-18s was astounding. I felt extremely comfortable being in and around them, and I was very lucky to be able to be selected to fly around them. Uh, and then our Navy counterpart, uh, his name is Brian Ferguson, call sign Ferg. He was the gentleman in charge of all the naval assets and the Navy flying and safety. But really, it was just well-coordinated, well-briefed. We definitely pushed limits every single day of the movie, which is why it looks the way it does. But we never compromised safety. Is there anything that didn't happen or didn't go in the movie that you were hoping would make it, and just for some reason it just didn't work out? Uh, I love that question. You know, Joe Kaczynski, our wonderful director, came out and said we shot about 800 hours of aerial content. <laughs> that is a lot of aerial footage. And I feel like they chose the 1% gold for this movie, and that's what we're watching on the big screen. I would sure love it if there was a follow-up uh you know, Top Gun Extreme Edition of all the crazy flying and all the crazy shots that didn't make the movie. Not because they weren't epic or great. It's just you only have two hours. You have a lot of great footage and you got to pick the best. That was going to be my next question. Is there, you know, never mind a sequel and all of that, but is there any plan for all of that footage that you have? In your 800 hours. It's just amazing. Is there any plan for that or even for training purposes? Would any of that 800 hours be used for training? And as you answered out, if you would, what's the reaction that you're getting from the pilots around the world that have seen this? Well, I certainly hope something like that comes out. It's above my pay grade, but it would be amazing. And the reaction from the pilots and the other naval aviators is exactly what we would hope for. I mean, um, I think the authenticity and the realism and the extent of which how much flying is actually practical and real, people are appreciating it, including pilots. Um, and that means a lot. Uh, listen, I want to congratulate you. I can't imagine you doing it any better than this. You know, there was a line in, I think it was the 93 World Series, where Joe Carter hit the home run to end the World Series. And, and Jack Buck, Joe Buck's father, said, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger one than that. And, you know, you could say the same thing about you, Kevin. You can't do it any better than this. You hit the big time, and you just you killed it every step of the way. Congratulations on everything that's gone right for you in your career and certainly here. And if you can, give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing. Thanks, Frank. I appreciate that compliment. Uh, I do put some behind the scenes on my social channels. My Instagram handle is K2 underscore LaRosa. Again, that's the letter K number two underscore LaRosa is L-A-R-O-S-A. Kevin LaRosa, thanks a million for being here. Thanks for having me, Frank. Top Gun Maverick is the talk of the world. The film is ready to break all types of records, but everyone is agreed upon one thing, and the flight sequences and the flight choreography, you know, all of the stunts are just outstanding and the reason, or big reason why, and he's modest and, you know, he's got a big crew with him, but Kevin LaRosa is that point person and what a job he's done. He's become a star in his own right and he should 
amazing, right? I mean, there's going to be people that like things and not like things in movies, and I got to figure out you can't find anyone to criticize what's going on with flight sequences. Everyone is just raving about all of that work. You know that comes right back to Kevin Larosa. When you're watching this film, if you haven't seen it yet, Kevin Larosa, you usually don't get to hear from the behind the scenes folks and you know the men and women that make things go. And it's always nice to give a little shout out to you know people that don't usually get the credit one of the big reasons why this is such a hit and you know yeah tom cruise and john ham and you're going to get all of that without question and we've been talking to different cast members here and it's a big big deal the movie's a big deal and you're not hearing enough about the folks that added to that that drama that sequence all those sequences that are just top-notch kevin larosa was here with us and he deserves all the accolades that he's getting check him out he'll have all kinds of press i imagine from now on still he's going to be behind the scenes but for everyone who works behind the scenes and everyone's getting you know including producers radio producers and bookers and and different folks in imaging and the folks in radio who don't get enough credit i mean they make everything happen and the same thing in films you know the people behind the scenes and, you know, here's a guy who had a major role and hopefully he gets all the credit in the world because, you know, people out front, people with the microphones or the people in front of the cameras are always going to get tremendous amount of credit and not enough goes to the people behind the scenes. Kevin LaRosa is just that guy and congrats to him. Frank McKay signing off. Kevin LaRosa from Top Gun Maverick has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here at Bradley Constant on Twitter and Instagram, everywhere. You can kind of follow along with what he does. He's absolutely terrific. Young Rock is terrific. We're in the midst of the second season. And on Tuesdays at 8 on NBC, you could watch all that. And, of course, streaming, it's terrific. And Bradley's terrific. And, again, our very special guest is here with us. And the sky's the limit for him. You're going to be hearing about him for years and years and years. And big things ahead. Big things going on currently as well. Bradley Constant, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Last time I spoke to you, we were in the midst, the serious midst of a pandemic, and hopefully we're on the other side of it now, and, you know, we've still got to watch, of course, but I think we're in good shape. And I was saying to you that I'm sure the mask, the idea of the mask was kind of helping you with some privacy, and you might have been able to go shopping and different things like that. How about now? Do you have any privacy when you go into a store? <laughs> um, I, you know... It's a lot different, definitely. You know, when I wore the mask, no one could tell who I was or anything. <laughs> and I think, you know, I still wore it, you know, a good bit going on when the season was airing last year. So I didn't really have an idea just yet of what it would be like. And then, um, you know, mask mandates were lifted a little bit. So when I'm out and outside in public, I won't have my mask anymore. And I do get recognized. and <laughs> It's crazy. Um <laughs> It's really nice because it's such a sweet thing to be able to meet people in person who are fans of the show 
Um, it's really nice to hear, you know, what they like about it. How do you like the development of your character, which is a strange thing to ask because it's a real person. You know, it's not like it's different than if you were doing some period piece and they were just creating a character from the beginning. How do you like how it developed? Is everything a surprise to you or do you know where it's going? Do you understand where it's going episode to episode even before you get the scripts? You know, I honestly, I, I don't know where it's going, and that's the exciting part. Um, I think, you know, I'm surprised. When I got the scripts for this season, you know, I had no clue where we'd be headed. You know, we had in the second season. Last year, I got to be in high school, and I was flirting with the girls. I had Karen and everything. And when I got the script for this season, it was so exciting because, you know, we took a step back, and now all of a sudden I'm in Nashville. Um, and there's so much about his life that I didn't know about. And, um, that a lot of people just, you know, he's never talked about before. And, um, it's just really exciting for me too, because I feel like these are really relatable things, um, that a lot of people can relate with, especially me being a 15 year old, um, and growing up. So it's really exciting. You know, what a character, what a story. And again, at this point, I don't think anybody could envision anybody in that role other than you. I think you've owned it and you've developed along with this character, this, you know, real life character. And you, you know, yeah. you've just done a wonderful job with it. But it's got to be nice to portray someone who's done so much. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think um, the, the most surprising part is that. You know, I knew who he was before this. Everybody knows who he was. He's so popular and so famous. But, um, you know, there, there is that realness to it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm playing just a real character. The same way I just said, you know, I couldn't look up anything about him when he was 15. You know, when he was 15, he was huge, you know, and oversized. But he's really just like a lot of other uh, teenagers. We had a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same struggles. Um, and that's what's made it a lot easier for me to play. What can you tell us about the rest of the season coming up? I know the finales in late May, if, I think May 27th is the season two. We've got a ways to go before that. What can you tell us without mm -hmm. spoiling things? Obviously, we, you know, listen, people are into it each and every week. Give us a little teaser, at least, of what we can expect from the next episodes coming up. Oh, gosh. It, I think the season's just heating up on right around now um you really get even more backstory and a lot of really cool easter eggs and uh, into the wrestling business going forward which is super duper cool um and i've loved that especially this year in my era because the wrestling is a lot linked along with um Uli's era the older era and he's starting to get into um you know Dwayne starting to wrestle which is really exciting and uh, while we were filming, it was just the coolest thing, like seeing people who would get cast as these wrestlers that I love. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really fun Easter eggs going forward, uh, going into wrestling, and it's super exciting. And um, in my era, you learn a lot more about his parents and how they met, and it's awesome. What else is going on? And again, we'll be watching, and as we let you go, in about a minute, we'll be talking, too, about where everybody can watch it, where everyone can get you on social media. But if, mm -hmm. if you can, what else is going on? What's the rest of your year look like, other than Young Rock? Give a little taste of what you're going through. <laughs> uh, man, I'm just taking it day by day. I think, you know, this being on this show is still the biggest blessing ever. Um, so I try not to get too ahead of myself. And, I, you know, I'm auditioning and I'm working hard. And, you know, 
uh, we'll see what else is in store for this year. But I'm really just soaking up everything as I have it um, and enjoying the season. It's really awesome. Um, I got to do a real fun episode of uh, Wildin' Out a few weeks ago. <laughs> you had to try out my, my rapping skills, so that'll come out this summer, and that's be really excited to see. Uh, is there anything that you're watching that you think that it would be a nice match or a nice thing to do in the future, and I mean a genre? Is there something that you'd like to touch on in the future that you haven't done yet? Um. I mean, honestly, anything. My heart is an open book, and it's ready to tell any kind of story. But um, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, so I'm just manifesting and putting that out in the air. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be a Jedi, man. I'm trying to swing a lightsaber. Sky's the limit, like I said in the intro, for you, Bradley Constant. Just a great job. Congratulations on season two. Season one was terrific. Young Rock is excellent, and we'll all be watching. Can you give us any other socials? I gave at Bradley Constant. Is is there another website or another social media site that we could look at? Yeah, Matt, you could just find me on Twitter or Instagram at Bradley Constant, and I keep it simple. <laughs> Bradley, congrats on everything. Looking forward to seeing the rest of the season, too. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. You have a great day, Matt. Bradley Constant, everyone. You know him as Young Rock. The second season is on its way, and it's terrific. First season was great. And, you know, he's a star, and, boy, if the Star Wars people are paying attention, get him in there as a Jedi. I mean, you, how, can you, how can you go wrong with Bradley Constant as a Jedi? Anyway, anything that he decides to do, he's going to do well. He's got star written all over him. And, once again, the second season is out. Young Rock is upon us. It's about Dwayne Johnson and his life prior to becoming The Rock. And, uh, you know, he's getting into the wrestling now. And, uh, you know, I guess folks that are into wrestling could find some joy in all of this you know as it develops but there's much more than that you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson is you know a lot more than wrestling that was his starting point and he took it to such another level his career to such another level and so many of them don't do that you know it's like Schwarzenegger you know as a bodybuilder you think of him now as a action star and you know governor and you know everything else that he did entrepreneur and everything else that came out of Schwarzenegger once the bodybuilding was done. So when you get that starting point, and by the way, it's hard to compare bodybuilding to wrestling. Wrestling has so many more eyes on it. Bodybuilding is a very you know specific sport, and it's a, you know much more of a niche into it. Wrestling, you know, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. You know, I don't watch it per se. You know, but I have a lot of wrestlers on and former wrestlers on my show. So, you know, you come across it, but it, it's a phenomenon, and so many people love it, and, you know, you get a guy like The Rock, there are probably people that are fans of The Rock, and or new fans, especially young kids and, you know, women that have no idea that he was a wrestler until they read about it, because he's had such an impressive career with, with the acting and, you know, the celebrity that came after that, but wrestling as a starting point and they're getting into it with young rock bradley constant by the way he's got a great look he's doing a wonderful job on this show sky's the limit for him the second season of young rock is underway frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking it down he's breaking it down so you don't have to this is breaking it down with frank mckay on 107.1 wlirfm hampton bays I'd like to welcome everyone 
to breaking it down. Frank McKay here with a super talent. Somebody handed me a book a long time ago. It's called You're Lucky or Funny. And I grabbed it. I couldn't put it down. And then I ended up getting the book for presents for people. And uh, it turned out to be one of my favorite books and a lot of people's favorite book. This man is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and so many other great shows. And if you've been following his career, uh, you know he loves to eat. I don't know how he stays so thin. He must run a marathon every day. But Phil Rosenthal is our very special guest. Uh, he looks fantastic for a guy that constantly eats. And again, somebody, Phil, premiering the new season, premiering right now, I think today, season five. And it's absolutely terrific you see it on netflix if you're not watching it you're making a big mistake but the terrific from hofstra how about that phil rosenthal phil how are you hello nice to be here frank oh listen thrilled to have you you must be very happy to make a living eating and eating all kinds of delicious things and i'll say it again i don't know how the hell you stay so thin i don't know how you look like you do with all your eating i mean are you a big eater or do you just wait you save it and you save your appetite for the camera you hit it on the head. You know how they make a dog food commercial? They don't feed the dog until the commercial. So I'm the dog. That's great. What can you tell us about the fifth season without spoiling? What do we have to look forward to? I'm going to tell you the five places that we go this season. Uh, the first one is Oaxaca, Mexico. You ever been there? No, not that place. Specifically. Spectacular. This, if you watch this episode, you're going to want to go. It's very, very beautiful. It's the cultural and gastronomic center of Mexico. It's where mole comes from. It's where mezcal comes from. It's that Oaxacan string cheese that everybody likes. Every every bite of food there is spectacular. And the people are gorgeous. Everything. I loved everything about it. And then we went to Maine in New England. And wow. then we went to Helsinki, Finland. And then Portland, Oregon. And Madrid, Spain. Spectacular. You're spreading it out on purpose like that, boy. You go from Mexico to Maine to Helsinki and to Spain. Those are some very different yeah. places. I'll say it again. You yeah. must absolutely love this job. So many people love this show, me included. You have to love this, right? This is what, you know, if somebody says, what do you do for an encore? You're kind of like, well, I'm going to do something good, but I'm going to do something I really enjoy. You got it. I feel like the luckiest person you're ever going to talk to. I really do. Now. It, it doesn't come easy. It took me 10 years to get this show. You know how I sold the show? Should I tell you the line? Yeah. I said I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And in a way, it's, in a way it's true. You know, I'm, I'm, I... I I saw him as a superhero, you know, larger than life, yeah. doing very, very brave, adventurous things. And I said, he's amazing. I'm never doing that. And yet I love the idea of what he did, meaning travel and eat and, and get you to travel by showing you great places to eat. But I thought maybe there could be a point of view of someone who's not a superhero, <laughs> who's just a regular guy. And I guess that's me. You know, you're like the late, great Anthony Bourdain with a safety helmet and goggles on. You got it. Right. I've got to ask you this just about Raymond. And, and you know, I know a little bit about your history, and I read your book, and, you know, read, Thank uh, you. You know read about you, and it's a great history. But did you expect 
Raymond to do what it I mean, you couldn't possibly expect to do as much as it did, but were you confident going in there? Because you had some short-lived shows prior to that. I'm sure you didn't expect it to last 230 or whatever episodes it was and, and win all the Emmys and everything there. But were you expecting that to be a hit right away? Not at all. Just to get on the air, all the planets have to line up. You know, just to get that cast, for everyone in that cast to be so good, is, is like a miracle. And then to get the lucky break of getting the show on, and then for people to watch it, and then for reviews to be nice, and then for to get renewed for one season. All these things, it's not like hitting the jackpot. You have to hit the jackpot over and over and over again for it to be what we know it is now. But I had no idea if, when I wrote the script, if anyone at CBS would like the script and even let us film a pilot. You have no idea. Amazing. What a story, though. Hey, listen, not bad for a kid from Hofstra, the pride of Hofstra, one of the prides of Hofstra. They, they got some talented folks over there. But listen, congratulations on all your success, especially now. Somebody Feed Phil, which is an unbelievable, unbelievable show. If you like these types, even you. if you don't like these type of shows, guys, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's premiering season five tonight. And you, you yes, see it's that. on right now. Right now? Yeah, right can, now. You could turn on right now as we speak. You could turn on the season five premiere, which is absolutely terrific. How many episodes in season five? Five episodes. But I also want to tell people that I have a new podcast that came out last week called yeah. Naked Lunch. And those are interviews with great, not just great chefs, but great comedians and great uh, movie stars and it's uh, musicians. I think you'll like it. Naked Lunch podcast. Absolutely terrific. We'll be tuning in. Everything you do, I could watch or read. Congrats on everything. And the book, the companion book, too, on Somebody Feed Phil. Can you give us a website? You gave us the podcast, but can you give us a website or a social media site if you do yep. any of that? Yep. And anything else you want to Phil fill us Rosenthal. in? It's philrosenthalworld.com. And on that website is everything we're talking about, plus everywhere we go on the show with contact information and and their websites and phone numbers so you can make reservations right from the website congratulations on season five phil we'll be talking about you as we let you go to your next interview phil thanks for being here thank you so much nice to meet you phil rosenthal everyone the great Phil Rosenthal, creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know how many Emmy nominations, they 70, something like that, 70 Emmy nominations. Think about that. And two, at least, for Best Comedy. What a success story this man is. Listen, everything he does is worth a listen to or a watch. Check out his podcast and somebody feed Phil. What a dream job for Phil Rosenthal. And again, creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and travels the globe doing what Anthony Bourdain does, but not putting himself in any jeopardy and jokes about it himself. It's uh, Anthony Bourdain with a safety helmet and protective wrap, bubble wrap around him, in essence. His podcast, again, is Naked Lunch on Stitcher and has a book coming out in October. And he's got a lot going on. Good for him. Nice to see successful people. Frank McKay signing off. Phil Rosenthal, 
has been our very special guest. Check out all of his things. Again, everybody loves Raymond. It's you know, one of those shows you're going to always see in syndication, and you're going to be binging it for years. So check out his latest. Again, the latest is on Netflix, and you can start seeing season five right now. If you turn on Netflix, you'll have it. And somebody feed Phil is this thing. It's funny what he said about the dogs, and it's true, right? They starve the dogs, the poor dogs, and they don't feed them. And the dog food commercial comes on, and they come running. Uh, they lap up the uh, the garbage we feed them, let's face it. And probably, you know, horse hearts or whatever the heck we have in there. Anyway, he's right. You know, he's a thin guy, so he doesn't eat. He starves himself until he gets in front of a camera. Everybody loves Raymond creator Phil Rosenthal has been our very special guest. Check him out. And it is somebody feed Phil. Frank McKay signing off. See you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a terrific author. And it is a wonderful book. It's a must-get for everyone. It is called Grad to Grow Up, 68 Tips to Excel in Your Personal and Professional Life. And who couldn't use this book? Gene Rice is our very special guest and originally from Long Island, where I'm from and I'm speaking from at this moment. Gene Rice, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank, and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, before we get into the book, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Belmore. My wife's from Baldwin, Frank, but we've been living in Bucks County, Pennsylvania for the last 25 years in the New Hope area. But I go back and forth to Long Island, still have a lot of family that live in Merrick and, and Belmore. Yeah, Belmore. I always think of the brokerage in Belmore, right? They have, you know, comedy and all kinds of rock and all kinds of things. But, hey, look, great. Hey, I used to be in that business, by the way, Frank. I, I started off in the club business, so I know the brokerage well. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, very interesting. We need a longer interview one day. I know you're in the middle of a whole bunch of people here, but fascinating yeah. book, Grad to Grow Up. And if you can, give us a little background on it give us a little taste of it we want everyone to buy it we want everyone to buy too give us a little something on grad to grow up yeah like frank i i've had the opportunity i've been blessed to work with a lot of young adults right so this book is 68 tips but it, it comes from all of my experience working with my college interns every summer my wife and i started a charity called the planet seed inspired dream foundation which has helped over 800 kids pursue their passions and it, it's, it, it, it can help anyone, but basically when you look at young adults and the ones I've dealt with, there's some amazing, crazy things going on. You know, there's $1.6 trillion in college loan debts. Every, every one of these young college interns that I have into my office every year had college loans. Basically, it's, it's, it covers everything from, from, you know, life to job search. It came out on Amazon. It's been out for six weeks. The book came out on Amazon as the number one selling book globally for job interviewing tips and job hunts. I spent 30 years building an executive search firm, and it, and it, takes, it takes people through, young adults especially, that have a passion, right? Here's the thing I'm frustrated with. A lot of young adults have things they're passionate about, and they don't have any clue on how to get a career or start a career. 
you know, in, in that, you know, in that passion. And I believe one of the goals of life for everyone should be to find something that you sincerely love doing and then doing it well enough, Frank, that you can make a living doing it. Because my own experience, you know, says that if you can find that, you don't wake up in the morning going to work. You wake up to the morning going to something you love. Your personal health's better. Your personal relationship is better. The glass can be not only half full, it can be overflowing. And, and this book will walk them through. It gives them a roadmap, grad to grown up, on how do you, first of all, that passion you have, how do you make sure it's real? You know, number two, how to get a, you know, a, a backup plan in case you can't find a career right away in it. But then how to get interviews, how to win the job once you interview for it. Because, you know, I don't know if you said it, if you read any of their surveys recently, Frank. You know, I read a survey about 2,000 executives in their 50s. 51% of them have no job satisfaction. And I think that's sad. So I want to help people follow their passions. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. And that's what the book helps. It gives them 68 tips on everything from life to getting the job you're passionate about to personal finance and, and health and relationships. Grad to Grown Up is the name of the book. Gene Rice is our very special guest. Frank McKay here with Gene. Gene, do you notice a generational difference between the grads now, the grads coming out of high school, college at this point, yeah. and, you know, let's say in our generation, our time? Yeah, I mean, there's one of the things I cover about, there's a section in the book, Frank, called Under Career, right? Where once you get the job that you want, how you have to show up. And, you know, when I would work, you know, every single summer, I'd bring four college interns into my office, and they were going to be there for eight weeks, and I, I felt if they're going to be in my office, I'd spend a couple of hours with them. And it would start off as Gene's life lessons, the things I wish I knew going into my senior year, things I would talk to him about is, you know, there's no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs, right, Frank, and showing up and what that means, you know. And I think the difference is I think a lot of times there's a lot of young adults that think, hey, I got this job now, and maybe, you know, having to put the time in is not as important. And that's a difference, and I try to share with them, that that's really critical, you know, it, you know, even really smart young adults, Frank, that come out and they get hired, right, with a big company, they're showing up that first day of work and there's probably 20 others just like them. Well, out of those 20, two people are going to emerge and become leaders within that company in the future. And what do they do different? They show up and they build relationships within the firm and they collaborate. So hopefully that answered your question. No question about it. And listen, we need longer time with you. Terrific book, and we'll be talking about it as we let you go. But before you go, give us anything that you want to touch on and anything that we didn't touch, and also any social media sites or websites that sure. people could follow along with sure. you. Yeah, so if you tell your audience, grad to grown up, right, G-R-A-D-T-O, grownup.com, they can go to the website, right, and they can download some chapters for free if they like, right? They can buy the book anywhere. It's a great graduation gift. It's a great Father's Day gift. They can buy it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Target. It's out there. And uh, if they go and if somebody listening to this, you know, I want you to know that any financial rewards that come from the book, the publisher is donating directly to the charity my wife and I started called the Planet Seed Inspire a Dream Foundation which helps families that, you know, that have young, young adults that want to pursue their passions but don't have the financial resources. 
to pay for it, we step in, and any financial rewards will go directly to the charity to help more kids. And if anyone's listening, Frank, and they don't have even the $19 to buy the book, if they go on that website and send me an email, I'll send them the book for free if they really want it. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Gene Rice, Rice Cohen International. We have uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, like I said, if they can get two or three tips out of the 68, then that's the, that, that helps them. Then that's the reason why I wrote the book. Gene Rice, congratulations on everything and certainly the book. Thank you very much for being here. You take care of yourself, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Bye-bye now. Gene Rice, grad to grown-up. 68 Tips to Excel in Your Personal and Professional Life. Gene Rice, the author of this wonderful book. Everyone get it. It is a great gift, not only for the grad in your life, but everybody can benefit. Like you said, he just said, you know, you can get two little tips out of the 68. It's a great thing. I'm into self-help. I've always been into self-help. And why not? We could all use a little bit of improvement and constant and never-ending improvement was a line from Tony Robbins. And I've never been like a huge Tony Robbins guy, per se. I didn't pick, well, I read some of his books. I shouldn't say that. He's very good at what he does. But I remember that one line that he had or the one concept, and it's Kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. And in short, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you, if you change this one little thing, Every single day, just one tiny little change. You know, you you put the toothpaste cap back on the toothpaste. The next day, you tie your shoes a little differently and you keep maintaining. If you make 365 little improvements in a year, you're going to be blown away whoever's next to you. And, you know, your accomplishments are going to pale everyone else around you and anyone who's not practicing this, this canai and I always love that as a concept. Anyway, Gene Rice has been our very special guest to get grad to grown up and 68 tips to excel your personal and professional life. Gene is the co-author of that book. Hope to have him for a longer period of time. And of course, he mentioned Belmore, New York, and the home of you know a lot of musicians over there, a lot of comedians and Glad to have Gene. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.